Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us of the ultimate sacrifice that was made on our behalf. The book of Revelation is all about the Lamb who has prevailed. The paradox is that a Lamb slain is usually laying down. This Lamb is standing alive and ready to act in full authority. Very possibly, the first sight of Jesus that we will see will be with His wounds to remind us of His love for us. Pretty heavy. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. There are many in the world today that claim there are many paths that lead to God. Though that may sound inviting, Pastor Xavier says there's only one true God and only one path that leads to salvation. Today, as he continues his study in the book of Revelation, he brings us face-to-face with the true Lamb of God in a message Pastor Xavier has titled, Worship Jesus. What we want to do for our study is we want to focus on chapter 5 in which all the activity is directed to the Lamb in view of what He has done and accomplished to redeem the race of fallen Adam. Let me read here. And I saw in the right hand of Him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with the seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose the seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll and to look upon it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then I, he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having hearts and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. The picture we get here in chapter 5 of the scroll and the Redeemer falls into three movements. We have the vision of the scroll and God in verse 1 through 4. Notice in verse 1, the apostle John saw God on his throne. He saw God sitting on his throne. Sitting on his throne presents a position of power and authority. 
He is the one that's ruling and reigning. The majestic glory of his throne is magnified by the angelic presence. Notice that in the 24 elders that has already been seen in chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. Notice that John saw the scroll in the right hand of the Father. The scroll has seven seals, which would be opened by the rightful heir. Notice in verse 2 through 4, the apostle John heard the inquiry of one to open the scroll. The one he saw is described as a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose the seals? The word worthy has the idea of proper weight corresponding to the book. Worthy is key to this chapter. Who is worthy? Who's the one with sufficient authority and power? The answer is only he who can meet all the requirements can loosen or unfasten the seals one by one. Now notice in verse 3 and 4, the apostle John saw the horrible dilemma of no one found worthy to open, to read or to look in the scroll at this time. In heaven, no angel in whatever rank and foul they belong to. On earth, no living person. Under the earth, no fallen angel or demon in hell. The picture is of utter hopelessness of anyone, anywhere. The elder comforts John by saying, Do not weep. Behold the lion, the tribe of Judah. The lion represents his divine kingship as the Messiah. The root of David, the line of David, represents his humanity. He has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. John looked, and in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, and all of a sudden one stood as a lamb that had been slain. The four living creatures, the elders, all have their eyes on him. The book of Revelation is all about the lamb who has prevailed. The paradox is that a lamb slain is usually laying down. This lamb is standing alive and ready to act in full authority. The word for slain means slaughter, butcher violently, appearing ten times nine in the book of Revelation. The only other time it appears is in 1 John 3.12 when it is used of Cain who slew his brother. The prophet Isaiah and Zechariah tells us of his wounds. Have you ever read Isaiah 53, 7 and Zechariah 13, 6? Very possibly, the first sight of Jesus that we will see will be with his wounds that he bore for us. Listen to Isaiah 53, 2. For he shall grow up before him a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. It is very possible that when we see Jesus, he'll still have those wounds to remind us of his love for us. Pretty heavy. He had them in his glorified body. He told Thomas, Thomas, look at these hands. Put your hand on my side. Hmm. John saw one who solely was vested the authority to judge. In verse 6 there. 
John saw the Lamb having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth, it says. Seven horns represent complete and perfect power. Seven eyes represent the perfect knowledge of all things. You have both the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit implied through this entire introduction of chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and even 5 here. Notice verse 7. The apostle saw the Lamb executing the transaction from the Father. The Lamb came and approached the throne of the Father. The long-awaited plan before the foundation of the world has come. The long-running reign of sin and rebellion was about to be brought under judgment. And he took the scroll out of the right hand of the Father who sat on the throne. The submissive role of the Son to the Father for the plan of redemption had been accomplished. The leading role for judging man was now being put into effect. He came as a savior. This is now as a judge. He is the one worthy to enact the judgments of God and the redemption of everything and establish the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The um, Psalms tell us Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting till his enemies be made a footstool in Psalm 110, verse 1. The day here now has come to pass. The authority from the throne is passed on to the one and only mediator to finalize the long-awaited plan of salvation history. God provided the only sacrifice acceptable for our sins. It's very clear here in the text. It would be the seed of the woman, the one born without the aid of a man. He would crush the serpent's head, the authority, once and for all, Genesis 3.15. You have the end of the book given to you at the beginning. <laughs> God wins at the end. And it's in the person of Jesus Christ. This is the vision of the scroll and of the Lamb. Notice the third movement. The vision of the scroll and the worship of the Lamb. Verse 8 through 14. In verse 8 through 10, the Lamb with the scroll is praised in a new song. The splendorous worship of the Lamb was immediate. The response of the Lamb having taken the scroll was one of complete adoration. The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. We've seen this already in chapter 4, verse 8 through 10 to the Father. Now the focus of worship goes from the throne of the Father to the Lamb. Each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense. As Psalm 33, 2, 98, 5 speaks of, this, of the incense of prayers that are a sweet aroma to the Lord, acceptable. These are the prayers of the saints. The prayer marks petitions. As those in chapter 6 under the fifth seal for vengeance in Revelation 6, 10. Later on, we'll see it in chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. This is the model for the incense altar of the holy place before the veil of the Old Testament, remember? The brass altar was outside. The altar of incense was before the veil and was used only in the holy of holies relationship on the day of atonement. 
Notice verse 9, the worship of the Lamb was for his redemptive work. The song is new in quality, not in time. The climax is in the three hymns addressed to both the Father and the Son in verse 9 and verse 12 and in verse 13. The first two are to the Lamb. The last is to both the Lamb and the Father. The theme is what? Listen, you are worthy to take the scroll and open the seal. You were slain, a historical fact, as the Paschal Lamb. You have redeemed us to God by our blood, by your blood, out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. The word redeem, agorazo, means to buy in the marketplace. It's used in 1 Corinthians 6, 20, 7, 23, 2 Peter 2, 1, and through Revelation. The token was his precious blood according to the requirements of the Levitical law, Leviticus 17, 11. I have given it to you for an atonement on the altar. The life of the flesh is in the blood. The worship of the lamb was for his transforming work of redemption also. Look at verse 10. He made us a kingdom of priests, literally, to our God. Now, this correlates with Israel, Old Testament, in Exodus 19.6. Now, we are a kingdom of priests, a spiritual house, 1 Peter 2, 5, and 9. He says that also at the beginning of the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 6. We'll see it at the end of chapter 20, verse 6. We shall reign on the earth for a thousand years with Christ. The earth will be redeemed also, even as Romans 8, 21 through 23 says that it groans, waiting for the redemption of creation. Notice in verse 11 and 12, the Lamb with the scroll is worshipped and praised by the myriad of angels next. The electrifying multitude of angels broke out all at once. Imagine, if you will, John looked and he heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Uh, you multiply that out. It's a whole bunch. And that's the, the whole gist of it. You can't even number them. The fiery stream issued, Daniel says, and came forth from before him. And thousands of thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. Daniel 7.10. Same scene. Hmm. The scene is unparalleled in scripture regarding the unrestrained praise, if you will. The day has come. Innumerable multitudes is the idea being emphasized here. Hebrews 12, 22 speaks about that innumerable company of angels that we belong to. Notice the eloquent worship is articulated in verse 12. They declared the doxology with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain, the lamb of God. Three times it is stated he was slain Verse 6, 9, and 12 of the chapter for emphasis, 
for clarity, for the evidence of worthiness. This is the reason for being able to open the seal and execute the judgments and finalize the kingdom. They praise them to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Lenski, the Greek scholar, points out the following in these phrases. The first four are objective, power, riches, wisdom, and strength. The last three are subjective, honor, glory, and blessing. And every one of these is ascribed to Jesus Christ in the New Testament, in Corinthians 1, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Luke, Philippians, Romans, and others. Every one of them. Worthy is the Lamb. And notice the Lamb with the scroll receives universal praise and worship now in verse 13 and 14. The acknowledgement of the praise and the worship of Jesus is depicted by oneness. Notice that, verse 13. The oneness is all-encompassing acknowledgement. Every creature which is in heaven, every creature on earth, every creature under the earth, every creature such as are in the sea and all that is in them. The oneness is all-encompassing praise also. John heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne, referring to God the Father as creator in chapter 4. So he points the Father out here. Blessing and honor and glory and power to the Lamb forever and ever, referring to the Son, the Redeemer of man and the world. Why? due to his faithfulness to God the Father, according to Revelation 7.10. The Son was totally faithful. I do always those things that please the Father. I and the Father are one. The Father sent me. Notice the affirmation of the praise and worship of Jesus is confirmed by oneness again in verse 14. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. So be it. That's what it means. I second it. <laughs> I'm having a board meeting, worship meeting. Amen is found six times in the book of Revelation. He is the exalted lamb. He is the one to inaugurate the new age of salvation history. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. This is the most common word for worship in the New Testament. Proskuneo which means to kiss the hand or the ground. Once again, the idea is prostration, adoration, and worth. The word is used of God, Christ, man, demons, and idols. The context will always tell you who it is that you're worshiping. In fact, John tells us repeatedly that the angels and the elders around the throne fall to their face and worship God. Chapter 4, verse 10 Chapter 7, verse 11, and here throughout chapter 5. Do you realize that this word appears the most numerous in the book of Revelation? 24 times. And every time it's used, it's either used of worshiping Jesus and God or the beast. But every time it's used, that word worship should be ascribed to Jesus, not to the Antichrist, 
That's idolatry. But the word is worship. Prostrate. Kiss the hand. The book of Revelation is about the worship of Jesus. The worship of Jesus is the theme of heaven. Should it not be the theme on earth in the church? Absolutely. When Queen Victoria had just ascended her throne, she went um, as a custom of royalty to hear the Messiah render. And she had been instructed by her overseers how to conduct herself, that being a young queen and being queen, that she was not to stand with the others when they sang the Hallelujah Chorus because she was queen. When that magnificent chorus came by, and it was being sung by the singers, and they were shouting, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. The Lord God omnipotent reigns. She sat with great difficulty. It seemed as if she would rise up in spite of the custom of queens and kings. And finally, when they came to the part where the chorus were with shouting, and they proclaimed the Lord to be king of kings, suddenly the young queen rose and stood to her feet, bowed her head as if she would take her crown off and cast it to his feet, just like the 24 elders. Should we give the Lord anything less every day of our life, not just when we feel good, not just when we think he's blessing us? Listen, if Jesus never did anything for me except dying for my sins, I'm 100% ahead. You understand? <laughs> Everything else is just mercy and grace. Oh, may our praise and worship of Jesus ever be spontaneous and never orchestrated for his work of redemption on our behalf, for the sufferings he endured for us, for the love that he expressed on behalf of us. Luke 2.13, it says the angels appeared to the shepherds and the heavenly hosts appeared, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest. Spontaneous. Oh, that our praise and worship never become formal or entertaining, that the Father nor the angels be grieved, that the world may not say, oh, the church, Christians, they're finally catching up. They look just like us. Peter, John, and others gathered to pray for boldness and worshiped God, Acts 4, 23-31. Oh, may each of us, when we hear the worship on Sunday morning, midweek, affirm and confirm the worship and praise he so much deserves and is worthy of from our hearts. The word worship is key to the book of Revelation, as we pointed out. It's all about the worship of Jesus. They continued in the temple daily with one accord, praising God, Acts 2, 46 and 47. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says. Now, it's by choice. Then, it's by force. The choice is really ours. This is the vision of the scroll and the worship of the Lamb. Should we do any less? 
the vision of the scroll in God, the vision of the scroll in the Lamb, the vision of the scroll in the worship of the Lamb. It's laid out for us real clear, people. We need to live it out. Worship Jesus. Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us that Jesus is the one and only rightful heir of the throne. Now you can request a copy of today's message, Worship Jesus. We're making it available for just $4 on CD. Again, that title of today's message, Worship Jesus. Receive your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Well, you'd be hard-pressed to find anything more beautiful than a spring bride. So we hope you'll be able to join us for the ultimate wedding next time as Pastor Xavier Reese brings us more simple truths from the book of Revelation. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com